Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey everybody, what's happening? Another mock draft. This one a roto mock for the first time. Let's see if I can get my light set up here so that I am somewhat visible in the corner of the screen to all of you guys. Uh, happy Monday to you all as well. Just uh, getting the week going here. First time we've been able to get a roto mock together. We've got one or two auto teams in here. I threw the link on Twitter because I knew I just I haven't been seeing the roto mocks filling up on Yahoo, so I figured I could give it a little little elbow grease. But right now, Nay Dog and Christian are uh, are no shows. I will say here right at the outset. Uh, a couple of the key things to remember when you're sort of balancing this roto versus head-to-head element. Roto side, you can take more chances uh, on on potentially injured players because you can make up their games played. You don't want to take that many ch- chances. You still don't want your whole team to be completely obliterated by injury. But because of the games cap, it allows you an opportunity to kind of make up those lost situations later in the season. You can stream and you can catch up all at once. You can lag a little bit behind anyway. So, you know, where you might take one injury shot in the first three or four or five rounds in a head-to-head league, maybe you take more like two or three in Roto. You don't have to. There is more value in those guys with a per-game high potential for Roto Games Cap League, you want to turn each games played into the largest contribution you possibly can. Whereas with head-to-head, there's a lot of value in somebody who's like a top 95 player who's just out there all the time. I suppose I should uh, turn off noises here so you guys don't have to listen to that. I am first in this draft. I'm going to take Jokic because you take Jokic and then you get to see where everybody else goes. Um, but that's generally it, and we'll talk a little bit more about Roto Strategy as we work our way through. Another thing, I want to warn you guys once again, I will not be drafting players I am targeting on today's mock draft. Same story as before. It's That does make it something of a recon mock by all inten- you know, for all intents and purposes, but I want to see where the players I'm targeting are going. And if I take them, that doesn't allow me to see where they'd go if I didn't. So I talked on Twitter, I talked on the pod last week about how much I like Tyrese Halliburton these days. I'm interested to see where he goes in the first round. I'm not going to take him because that doesn't help me in any way. Uh, The fourth pick is being autoed right now, so that's why Tatum went four. We don't know if it would have been Halliburton otherwise, but Doncic did go in front of them here. For those listening to this on the podcast channel, it went Jokic, Embiid, Doncic, Jason Tatum, Halliburton, Shea, Steph went seven, so the Shea-Steph duo was SGA first, and now Giannis goes eighth, which, on the Roto side, I I get it with Giannis. you got to pick later in the first round. You can lean into his punt free throw build, and that's really not a bad idea on the head-to-head side. With Roto, I really don't like shrinking the board like that. Hey, we got that last second to last here, so now we're down to just one auto-picking team. Nice work. Way to... Way to Drop in at the last moment there, Team Christian. Uh, Mikhail Bridges goes nine. That's a saucy play, considering he would have been there most likely coming back in the next round, but in any event. Kevin Durant goes 10. Demonis Sabonis goes 11. 
Anthony Davis falls all the way to 12. See, now this is kind of the opposite of what I would have thought. Head-to-head, you expect those durable guys to go earlier. Roto, this is a Roto League. You can take chances now. Games cap is 82 on Yahoo, so that's even easier. You don't, like, you fall behind, you only have to get to a full regular season. JJJ, 13. Trey Young, 14. LaMelo Ball falls all the way to 15 in this one. Which, I don't know. You guys know I'm not, like, super high on LaMelo for fan for first-round appeal, but it falls to 15. That's not bad. And then you, Roto, you're going to have to pick up the pieces on the field goal percent side. Donovan Mitchell at 16. Devin Booker, 17. Anthony Edwards, 18. See, now that makes more sense to me because Donovan Mitchell has that nice per-game appeal. You take the shot. Dame at 19. That's way too low for him. Kyrie at 20, also insanely low. What's happening here? The old men. I don't know, maybe something happened this weekend that I didn't see, but I thought I kept up on the news a little bit. Freddie Van Vliet gets auto-picked at 21. Kawhi Leonard at 22. Not surprising on the Roto Games Cap side. You want that per-game appeal. James Harden goes 23. Uh, So for Roto, you know, guys I'm probably not going to draft here would be, I don't think Markinen has a ton of appeal for me. I feel like last year was as good as it's going to get, so I'll go Markinen at 24. I'll go ahead and just put the little star on his name, so that way it'll auto-pick it at the end of the 30 seconds. And then the other one I'm not taking in Roto is Pascal Siakam. Uh, I am curious where guys like Jimmy Butler and PG and Miles Turner and even Bain go. Like, at this point, Bain at 25 is a reasonable pick, as is Butler in Roto. PG, not quite as much. You know, if he goes deeper into this round, I'd probably be more inclined to do it. Anyway, let's take Siakam here, get him off the board, because I'm not at all a fan of him in the mid-20s. There goes Bain at 26. Very reasonable, considering how far he fell in this particular draft. And I'm screwing up the board a little bit by not taking the guys that should potentially be going. Miles Turner at 27. Again, you take a shot in Roto. Who cares if he misses a couple of ball games? Butler at 28, Jalen Brunson at 29. I think I like him more for head-to-head because of this sort of big popcorn stats for Brunson. And now you got to see PG and LeBron have got to be coming off here soon, as does Cat. These guys have some per-game appeal. Ooh, Porzingis at 30. That's a surprise. He's a great per-game guy. Boston's going to be an interesting new universe, and he doesn't have to push himself that hard. Because they're going to win with or without him on the floor. And hey, that last guy joined. Hey, what's up, Nadog? You missed a few picks. Cat goes 31. LeBron goes 32. I'll try to announce them all as we go through this thing. Hey, we got a handful of people watching live now, so that's fun. Hey, a uh, handful of people. Hit the thumbs up and subscribe. Actually, even if you're watching after the fact, please do like and subscribe on this bad boy. And if you're listening on a traditional podcast stream, come join us on YouTube next time. Hang out with us in real time. See how I'm working my way through this thing. If you feel so inclined. Walker Kessler goes 33. This is kind of a tougher spot. You know, Roto, you're a little bit... We've kind of run out of the extreme upside, guys. At least in terms of, like, who could be a top 12 player per game. I think those guys are basically done now. Victor Wembanyama goes 34. Funny thing is, I might be more inclined to take a shot on him in Roto because I'm expecting a bunch of rest days mixed in. PG at this point is has got to be a no-brainer. 35, even bad. Paul George is still you know top 
24, top 25 type player. There goes DeJounte Murray. I suppose there's fear that James Harden could get moved to Clippertown, and if that happens, then that messes it all up. There goes PG. Last pick of the third round. Wow. How the mighty have fallen. He was a top three fantasy player his last season in Oklahoma City. Remember those days? Feels like forever ago. Drew Holiday, very safe play at 37. You still got Bam and Vooch out there if you want to go safe at this juncture. And you are seeing them fall because they're just not exciting. But Vooch will plot his way through Zion at 38. What are we doing here? That is wildly unnecessary. That's a pick you only see in a mock draft because there's no planet on Earth where someone would need to take Zion at pick 38. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. And it's not a team that's that's punting, I don't think. No, I mean, it. anyway, Cade at 39, probably a little bit of a punt build type of guy. Cade, he'll launch himself up the board farther this year. 40's not an insane spot to take him. I, I'd... He's not going to be on that many of my teams. He won't probably be on any of my Roto teams, but I'll give him a look at head-to-head. I don't think he hits this mark unless you are eliminating turnovers and maybe field goal percent as well. There goes Vooch at 40. That's a that's a no-brainer. The, the way that that one goes down the toilet is if Chicago starts to blow things up, which is on the table. That's a concern. But they just keep not doing it. So I, I, I just don't know why this would be the time that they finally would. And DeMar is on an expiring deal, but that's... That's the one thing pushing that direction. De'Aaron Fox at 41. Bam finally goes at 42. Probably some Dame trade-related fears around out of Io sticking in the top 35 per game, and I get that. Relatively safe play, though. He's out there, and he's cooking. And at some point, if you've taken injury risk plays early, at some point you're going to have to have somebody on your team that plays 70-some-odd ball games. Jamal Murray at 43. Regular season, Jamal Murray, eh, yeah, it'll be fine. That's, that's fair. He's not gonna he's not gonna beat that by much if he does it all. Evan Mobley at forty four. If he takes another small step forward, then that's an easy one. Chet Holmgren down at forty five. Darius Garland falls to forty six. Which I say falls, but more than anything, we've seen as Ananobi goes, and now it's my turn. I was gonna talk a little bit more about Darius Garland, but I got to get a few guys off the board here. Uh, player, I'm definitely not taking is Brandon Ingram, so let's just throw him on a roster. The guys that I am interested in, by the way, here, if you're curious who I'm watching, 
Uh, watching Zach Levine, watching Jordan Poole, watching Nick Claxton and DeMar DeRozan. Those are kind of the guys in this range. I'm curious where they're going. Uh, Jalen Brown at, at 49 is a really, really safe pick. I'll just take him because I don't think he's moving very far in drafts this year. There goes Claxton at 50. He's going to be good. Nick Claxton's going to be good this year. Just need him to stay on the floor all season. We got all 12 teams here live and, and rolling. So uh, we'll take this mock a little deeper than we do most of them. I got nothing but time. That's not true. I don't have nothing but time. Hey, like and subscribe. Well, we got a little bit of a down moment here. Jared Allen goes a little early in this one at 51, which I get it. For this team, he's not getting back to you in the next one. But I do feel like there were some upside plays. You probably I love Jared Allen uh, going near 60 this year. That That's just like such an easy call. Go 10 out spots earlier when you could have gone to Mar, when you could have gone. Eh, maybe that's the one that you're like, okay, you could take a shot on like a Tyrese Maxey. At some point, you have to take a little bit of a chance, even on Roto. You can go safe almost all of the time. Take a little shot at an upside play. Brooke Lopez goes 53. Got himself a new contract. I am somewhat curious to see if he can replicate something anywhere close to last year. I, I do think there's going to be a drop-off for him, much as I love Brooke Lopez. But for me, it's about value on guys. Brooke Lopez was an insane value last year, and he's just not an insane value this year. He's probably a... Honestly, he's probably about where he should be going. Scotty Barnes at 54. There, maybe there's a world where he leaps through that hoop this coming season and, and takes the big step he was supposed to take last year. It's not impossible. I think I'd rather let somebody else take the shot on that. Jordan Poole at 55. He's. I, I was hoping that people would be more afraid of his field goal percent. They're not. So a lot of his value is priced out. Zach Levine at 56. That's an easy call. Tyrese Maxey at 57 is a pretty easy call as well. Jalen Williams at 58. He was so good down the stretch last year. Not 100% sure what his role is going to look like this season. So I'd probably let somebody else go the Jalen Williams path. I might regret it. Paolo Boncaro, 59. Not for me in Roto. No thank you. Too many gaps. Too many categories where you need a little bit more. Julius Randle at 60. That's what you do if you whiffed on counting stats earlier in the draft, but probably not a direction I'm going either. DeAndre Ayton at 61 is an extraordinarily safe play with minimal upside. Josh Giddy at 62 to me makes more sense if you're sort of particular category builds for head-to-head. Shengun at 63 makes me extremely nervous this year. I know I've said that before. I'll say it again. Shengun was number 82 last year. Um, almost unfettered access to the center minutes and and usage. Uh, his job is a little bit less safe this year. Now, does that mean that he loses? Not necessarily, because if he gets better, improves his position defense, improves the sort of that side of the floor basketball IQ stuff, then then perhaps he holds his 29 minutes a game. But it just there's a backup that's competent on the defensive side. The team wants to win. They brought in some veterans. It just feels less secure. Like last year was kind of the shot. Didn't hit a home run. 
like a ground ball. Seeing eye single. Cam Johnson at 64. That's fair. Beal at 65. Also fair. If you need a few more points, that's the direction you go. Devin Vassell at 66. Probably beats that per game. I'm a little nervous about Spurs this year. I'll be honest with you guys. Spurs scare the crap out of me. Hey, I don't know if you saw, though, the news dropping this morning that Victor Wembanyama is likely to be the power forward for San Antonio. That was always kind of expected while they fill him out a little bit. But that's good news for Zach Collins and not great news for uh, power forwards on the Spurs. Jeremy Sohan probably kind of being the leading candidate there. Rudy Gobert at 67. Easy call there. 70 is basically his floor, and that's kind of where he was last year. Franz Wagner, 68. Everybody's high on him right now coming off the FIBA games. I'm There's a lot of guys on that team that need the basketball. I am not going to take Chris Paul here. I am going to take Jalen Green because it's hilarious. Chris Middleton, by the way, went 69. He was going near 90. That didn't last very long. Jeremy Grant at 70 is an easy pick. Michael Porter Jr. at 71 is fine, but a sort of unspectacular um, I'll take Jaw too, just to get him out of the way. Let's see where everybody else goes. Dano's, Dano's reverse drafting. I'm tanking my draft right now. <laughs> Look at this crapper Roto team. Managed to turn my microphone off before coughing in your ears here. By the way, if you're watching live, feel free to throw some questions in the chat room. I'll try to get to those towards the end, although we may go deeper into this draft again than I've been going lately. Austin Reeves goes 74. That's a bit early for my taste on him. I, you're sort of counting on LeBron and AD missing like 20 to 25 games apiece for that to really be... Because he has no defensive stats. Not a great defender in general. Uh, really nice percentages for Austin, so you'd think it's a guy I normally like, but I just feel like it's not just the percentages I like when I'm drafting. It's the fact that typically the folks that are good at those fall in drafts, and he's not. CP3 at 75. The news of him likely starting for the Warriors has not impacted draft position yet. Let us hope that continues, because if he's going at 75, to me, that's a that's a shot definitely worth taking. Floor could fall out, could be a complete disaster, but we also know that Chris Paul, in a decent scenario, is a top 20-25 per game guy. He won't be that with the Warriors, but he could get partway there for sure. Also very old. That's a problem. Tyus Jones in Washington, 76. I like him this year. He's going to have a great season. Tyler Hero, likely to be in Portland at some point, goes at 77. That's probably a, a draft with that in mind. Jakob Pertl, 78. That's earlier than we've seen him go, so someone knows what they're doing here in this roto draft. Okongwu goes 79. And his teammate, Clint Capella, goes 80. First time I think we've seen Okongwu go in front of Capella in one of our mock drafts. And some of this, again, is because in this particular mock, I should have mentioned this sooner, I did put this one out on Twitter. So some of the folks in this are at Dan Bespris Twitter followers. I don't know how easy it is for you guys to see that on your screen. Maybe I'll make that bigger just for a fraction of a second so you guys can see my Twitter handle. There it is, at Dan Bespris. Please do drop a follow there. Much appreciated. And then, of course, like and subscribe, as long as I'm hitting you with promos. Buddy Heald, 81. Mark Williams, 82. I like the Heald at 81 thing. Oh, someone just left the draft. We were doing so nicely. Uh, Kuzma, 83. By the way, Mark Williams is is kind of a confusing one this year for me. I don't, I don't know if... 
I'm a little worried the Hornets go small. I don't think that I would spend an earlier pick on him. Derek White at 84. That's a little later than he's been going, but that's okay. Terry Rozier, 85. Also, guy I would take a shot on. D'Lo, 86. Probably not there. There's a, a lot of guys in L.A. that are going to have the basketball. D'Angelo feels like he's on his way to an outside-the-top 100 kind of per-game year, but maybe not. Tobias Harris, 87. That's a good spot for him if Harden is not there. James Harden, part of the reason that his fantasy numbers fell off a cliff. Jabari Smith Jr., he's looked really good. Um, but can he fix the percent stuff, particularly field goal? I think there are enough guys still on the board right now. As Scoot goes 89, by the way. I think there's enough guys left on the board right now where I wouldn't yet take the plunge on Jabari Smith Jr. And again, this might be one of those ones where I should have taken the plunge and then I regret it later. But as uh, Trey Jones and Keegan Murray go 90 and 91, and now I think Johan here is going to be auto-picking. I don't know why he left. Everybody was... It's a great auto, great mock draft going on right now. But you still got Mitchell Robinson... It was a 55-range guy per game last year. If you need a center, fantastic guy to take near 90. Markel Fultz was awesome once he got up to full speed last year. Andrew Wiggins, before his family stuff. Melton, Gafford. These are all guys where you're at CJ McCollum. Where you look at them, you're like, I don't really need a whole lot of things to go right for these things to be fine. Clay Thompson off the board at 93 after Mitchell Robinson did go at 92. So, you know, looking back, Jabari Smith Jr., he has probably more per-game potential than some of these guys, but will he get there? <laughs> All the players I just listed go rapid-fire off the board. Um, who am I probably not going to take? Um, not that interested in Marcus Smart. I think he has a pretty good season in Memphis, actually, but I don't know that I'm confident enough to give it a go. And then there's almost no chance I ever draft Aaron Gordon. So let's just get him out of the way here. I'm trying to sabotage the board. So far, this has been pretty reasonable, though. I I, I kind of want to give it another couple of rounds and see where we get to. So apologies if I don't get to your chat room questions. I'm going to do my best. Anthony Simons goes 98. That's such a good pick. Such a good pick. Dame gets moved. I mean... Last year when Dame was out, Simons was top 50. And I know that somebody comes back in a Dame trade, so we can't just say, oh, all of it goes to Anfernee. But a lot of it, a good chunk of it, goes to Simons. Wendell Carter Jr. at 99. Extraordinarily safe center play. Zach Collins, so this is someone who's been re reading the, sh the Shams tweet from this morning about Collins now being the likely starter. There goes that ADP. By the way, um, we talk a lot about how helpful it is to draft at the very last second. Zach Collins, an example of uh, the advantages to drafting two months early because, you know, three days ago, you could get him at the very end of a draft, and starting today, you're probably not going to be able to get him at the very end of a draft anymore because now we know he's likely the starting center on that Spurs team, which, again, everybody's going to be resting, so don't go overboard here. But, yeah, I mean, his value his value's good, but his price tag's going to get worse. Miles Bridges goes 101. 
morality clause for drafts on that one. If you want to, you can. If you don't, you don't. Jalen Duran, 103. That's a fun one. God, I like watching that kid, man. Have you guys watched Jalen Duran? I don't know why it, that it tickles me so much. Just like he's so young and he's so powerful. Exploding through humans to get rebounds and put back slams. If he develops his game in any way, Jalen Duran could be a lot of fun. Hopefully Detroit stops with the mess around. They brought in a coach that's likely to try to help them win. Monty Williams, all that stuff. So, like, are we really going to do the Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman nonsense? Time Lord goes 104, by the way. he's He'll play when Porzingis sits. He'll, he and Al For Horford and Porzingis, they're all going to be banged up all year, so they'll be in a weird little rotation. God love it. I'm probably not going with any of them. The Boston Center situation is, is kooky. John Collins, 105. He'll walk into that in Utah. That dude needed to get out of Miami, or not Miami, Atlanta so damn bad, and he did. And now, maybe he'll play with a little bit of confidence again. Draft is slowing down a tad now. I don't think we're going to go all that much farther as Melton goes 106. Still, the picks are relatively good, and we're getting, I think, maybe our first better idea of who might be there at pick, you know, 120, 125. Um... It's only a 13-round mock, so if it keeps rolling at a decent clip here, we might be able to finish it. I just I don't want to make any promises. F uh, Wiggins, 107. Fultz, 108. Dinwiddie, 109. We're starting now to run towards the tail end of guys who are likely to play starters minutes. Yusuf Nurkic in all of his banged-up glory at 110. Yeah, we've heard nothing but bad things about his mental state and fitness for multiple years now. We know that he had a... Uh, some tragedy that he was dealing with back kind of during the early part of COVID. But it's been a minute since that. And I don't want to say that he's not still dealing with it, but he really has not gone back to the Nurkic he was. Early that COVID season, I think, was sort of when things were going well for him. Gary Trent goes 111. And now we're into the... We're more so into the take-a-shot guy. The Gary Trent was kind of like the last bastion of... Oh, this guy's a full-time starter with full-time stuff. And we don't even know that Trent is starting. Schroeder might be. But he'll get activity in Toronto with Freddie Van Vliet out of town. Bruce Brown, 112. He'll probably be around, like, 90, 95 range. Indiana's going to give him stuff to do. I, I, my worry with him is that he tries to do more. Because his job is not going to be as easy without Jokic nearby. But Brown fits everywhere. Now you're starting to see some people take off. There's the second person that's left the draft. Shaden Sharp goes 113. Russ, 114. Maybe that was like, all right, well, if Russ is going, I'm out of here. Herder, 115. Draymond, 116. You had to do that. P.J. Washington, nice pick at 117. Look at the board right now. I don't know how easy it is for you guys to see on your, your phone, but certainly on your computer screen, you can see it pretty easily. Uh, Harrison Barnes, 118. Jaden McDaniels, 119. A lot of guys that sat between... 100 and 120 in per-game production last year. And this is, to me, is where, on a roto side, don't take the guy that you think is going to give you top 100 for 80 games. Take someone that you're like, look, if this thing, and it's my turn, so I probably should do it, and I'm just going to let it auto because I, I do want to see where a couple of guys go. So uh, <laughs> I got auto to Vitsa Zubat somehow. I don't even know how that happened. He wasn't even the top name on the board. 
What is my computer's like? No, no, Keldon Johnson, not ever again. I'm going to take Keldon, just get him out of the way as my tank job continues here. Trey Murphy, injured. That's a tough one. He's a stash now. Isaiah Jackson at 123. I think I'll pass. Indiana's too confusing. Ben Simmons at 124 is a pretty good late-round flyer. Brogdon at 125 is not a horrible late-round flyer, but he's dealing with that arm stuff, so I'd probably leave that alone. And now you're seeing more uh, another departure. Chris Boucher at 126. Yeah, he might have a little more to do. Um, of the names here, Emmanuel Quickly is one I'd keep one eye on. Mike Conley I'd keep an eye on. Uh, Obi Toppin is worth looking at. Gordon Hayward, Colin Sexton. Uh, scrolling down the board, if, if the Clippers make a trade, maybe you go Norman Powell and hope that someone gets out of his way, potentially. But if they bring in Harden, or maybe Powell gets moved. Maybe that's what you're hoping there. Josh Hart, that's actually a pretty good pick. Whoever that hell that was that just made that one. Foo, I think. Uh, that's a good one. You're looking for guys that have minutes, and you know that they can do some fantasy stuff with them. And they're just like, there aren't a ton of those guys left. They're scattered across the board. And, you know, that's the thing here. Once you get to pick 110, 115, 120, even in a good mock draft or a good real draft, the pickings get slim. So this is where you really start taking a shot. Who might fall into more minutes than people expect? Keep scrolling down the board, do whatever you got to do, find some names and, and kind of have at it. But we've got a couple of autos happening now. Uh, actually, only two. Someone someone came back in. Um, but you're just trying to figure out who might have something to do. Like, will DeLon Wright have something to do in Washington? Keep scrolling. Just try to find him. Bogdan Bogdanovich comes off the board. KCP was solid last year. Bruce Brown gone. So does his role actually get a little bit even more safe season over season? There goes Herb Jones. There ain't much left, friends. There ain't much left. I think we can probably pull the pin on this mock draft. I'm going to go ahead and throw myself into auto uh, and give everybody a look at the draft board just in case you guys missed it. This is a pretty good look at it right now. Um, that was a fun one. Good good mock draft. People stuck around for most of it, and hopefully you guys got something out of uh, where the names are going now, especially here on the Roto side, where you can take some more shots early in a draft with guys that might not be quite as healthy. Uh, again, reminder, please do thumbs up and subscribe would mean the world to me. Don't you want to mean the world to me? Let's take a question or two. Uh, just a note, I think early third round is the most challenging spot. Could you maybe list a few players you like there talking picks 25 through 28? Well, Roto, that's where you can do the, uh, you can take the plunge on a Kawhi Leonard, a pick or two early. Um, you can take the plunge on LeBron a pick or two early. Jimmy Butler, a pick or two early. Cat, you can go a pick or two early. Head-to-head -head is where you want to be a little bit safer there, and you're right. I think on the head-to-head -head side, you're talking about a lot of pretty difficult decisions to make. Once it gets to, like, pick 28 towards the back end of that, I'm still okay with doing the Jimmy Butler thing, um, and Kawhi more towards the front end of that is actually still okay just because of his per-game potential. But I don't have any real issue... Uh, with looking at guys like in the mid-30s, like a DeJounte Murray, who might be a per-game 35 guy, but has generally been a bit more healthy. So I'm okay with that. Um, someone like a Vooch is stretching it out a little bit there, but it's not the most insane thing to do. 
if Markinen or Bain is still on the board, those would be guys you'd you'd grab in that range. I mean, most likely they won't be. Um, Miles Turner at like 28 is not completely nuts. He's probably a top 20 range per game guy, and I think the Pacers push him a little harder. So, you know, it depends obviously on who's there. That's always going to be part of the equation, but um, you're right. That is a tough spot. Someone asked, Mr. 101 asked if they could ask a head-to-head question. Yes, they could, but they didn't actually type it. This is a keeper question from Justin. I get to keep five between Jokic, Dame, Booker, Lowry Markinen, Mikhail Bridges, Miles Turner, Cade Cunningham. This is a very specific question that's not super helpful for other people. Um, So, Justin, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tweak your question. Um... Because basically you said, who are my five best players, I think, in this mix? I don't know how long you can keep them. Jokic is obviously one of them. No question on that front. Dame I would probably leave in there just because of that per-game stuff. So now you're picking three out of Booker, Markinen, Mikhail, Miles, and Cade. Three out of the remaining five. If it's multiple years... You, maybe you think Cade, but this if it's just for like one year, Cade is out. He's probably the lowest per game guy on that board if you're not punting anything. Maybe you are punting, then, you know, fine. Twist the board around for yourself. But I'm going to answer this question as though you're not. Um, Mikhail Bridges is in for me because of the durability and probably a top 25, top 30 per game potential. Uh, Miles Turner and Devin Booker are my other two. Larry Markin and I leave out. I think he takes a step backwards. Um though he may actually still finish in front of Booker. Uh, it's crazy to think that. Um, Justin actually added that it is a multiple-years a uh, a multiple years situation, so then maybe you think about Dame being the guy who gets left out, but I, I think I'd still have him just because he'll be so powerful this year. Um, thinking about this multiple-years thing. Maybe you go Cade over Booker. But here's the thing, like, Booker has so much more appeal right now. You could keep Booker and you could trade him for someone else early. So I'd probably leave it the same, even if it's a multiple-year thing. Um, Cade is out for me. Markinen is out for me. Uh, but the Markinen-Booker situation is is a tight one. And I get it if you don't want to do Miles Turner because of the injury history and you'd rather do Booker instead. I wouldn't kill you for that. Um, but that's just the way I go on this one. Apollo asks, can you name a couple of your do-not-draft-list players? I don't have a do-not-draft-list. I have guys that I don't think will ever get anywhere near falling to my team list. Um, But everything that I build in our fantasy is about simplifying, and that's all about finding value against ADP. So nobody, I don't have a single name on my do-not-draft-list because, you know, today... The guy that probably goes way before I'd ever take him is different than it'll be two weeks from now. You know, like, um, looking all the way, I can go all the way to the top of this draft or something. Like, to me, I'm probably drafting Devin Booker in the early to mid-20s, but he's going at 16 or 17 in every draft. So right now, he's kind of like a don't draft, but he's not obviously a don't draft. I like Devin Booker. He's just, he won't fall to me. But what if he's four or five slots later in the end of the month or early October or something like that, then he no longer is on that do not draft list. Um, but if you're talking about guys like at the end of a draft, that's a silly list to make. I assume you're talking about big name players, you know, top 30, top 50 type of guys. And there just aren't any in there. It's exclusively for me. Where are they going? 
versus where I believe they should be going. So I don't have a do not draft list. I believe that that can get you into a lot of trouble. How high do you think we will draft Jordan Poole in a nine-cat league? Unfortunately, basically where he's going right now. Poole, I've seen go anywhere from about 45 to 60. And I think that that's a pretty reasonable guess on where he ends up this year. Um, Unfortunately, I thought he might go more in like the 60 to 75 to 80 range. And that didn't happen. So a lot of the value on Jordan Poole has been sucked out. And that's okay. Um, that means you could still take him there. I just, you know, there there might be somebody else going at 55 that you think has, you know, more like top 35, top 40 potential, and you go that direction. But Poole's not a horrible pick where he's at. He's just not as exciting as if he was going a little bit later. Like, if you could get him at 65 or 70, that's when you're like, yeah. But if you got to take him at 48, you're kind of like, all right. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Mock draft actually just wrapped up in the background. I don't I don't think the end of it matters at all. Again, to those that weren't paying attention earlier, this is a draft that I tanked on purpose. I wanted to see where a bunch of guys went. Hopefully you followed me when I was talking about which of those guys uh, it was. Looks like we got two more questions slipping in at the end here. Can Ant-Man be a first rounder? Like late first in a 16-teamer. <laughs> the caveats there. Basically, you're saying can he be a top 16 per game? Um, I don't think he jumps that far per game. I think he jumps from he was around 40 last year. He probably jumps to around uh, maybe in the like 26 to 35 range this season. But he is also one of the most durable players in the NBA. And if he plays in you know 77, 78 games at a top 27 clip. That probably does get him inside the top 15 by totals. So per game, no. Totals, yes, is the answer to that Ant-Man question. Uh, Apollo rephrases a little bit. What are a few players you think are being drafted way too high over value? Um, one of them, for me, is Booker. 16, 17 per game. I don't think he gets anywhere near that. Um, I mean, Ant-Man is another one, although I do, I do believe he has a shot to get there by totals, so... Maybe that's not quite the same. Maybe I'm not answering the right question. Um, I think Siakam's going too early. He's a danger. I mean, he was he was 14, 15 slots back of where he's going per game last year. And if Toronto has any issues, he's a danger to get moved. So that's one that I think is going too early. Um, Looking through the board real fast here, trying to scan a few. Uh, Brandon Ingram's injury situation frightens me because he's going like around where he is at a per game clip most years, but it's not factoring the injury history. So that's one to me that I think is a bit too early. And then once you get through that, you know, everybody's building teams their own way, but I don't think I'd take Boncaro in the top 60. I don't think I'd take Randall in the top 60. I don't think I'd take Jalen green in the top 70. Um, but I also like, there are a lot of head to head teams where these guys just make more sense. So it's probably not fair to say, Here's guys that are going too early if they just aren't the way that I like to build a basketball team. So, uh, you know, early on, I think it's these guys that, like for Booker, there's an expectation that his game takes a step forward with Beal and Durant in town. I think it goes the other way. And then Edwards, uh, I think people are just sort of overshooting how much he improves in per game. But, again, I don't have a big issue with that because of the, the durability. And then with Siakam, there's just a couple of sort of red flags there that... 
if he doesn't get moved and Toronto is in the mix, then he might hit that point by totals. I don't think he gets there by averages, so that's uh, probably why I, I don't go there. Last question, Jordan Poole's a third-rounder and a 16 teamer That's okay at the very end of that third round, dude. Very end. Please don't go earlier than 45 on this, man. All right, thanks for hanging around for the mock, everybody. Uh, oh, question sneaking in. Justin, you snuck one in. Is there any rookie besides Wemby that you'd take a chance on based on their ADP? Uh, Wemby is... is I mean, his ADP is 29 or 30. That's too early for me. The rookies, I want you guys to be watching the rookies that are getting drafted between 100 and 130, if there are any right now. Uh, those are the ones that tend to sneak through, you know, big men that have decent percentages. The ones that are not expected to run an offense out of the shoot are the ones that tend to beat their ADP. So, like, looking at last year, um, Jalen Williams jumped onto the scene two months into the season. Um, we were all watching guys like Mark Williams to see when they were going to get a shot. Uh, that's that's the direction you're looking in rookies. Don't look at the big-name ones. They pretty much always underperform because there's this massive learning curve, and they might be really good in March. So head-to-head, -head, like, I get it. For playoffs, that can be useful. Um, but, Roto, you're you're tallying these, these numbers over an entire season, and that's probably going to end up hurting your team. Bunch of folks just dropped in to watch right at the very last second. So hi and goodbye, unfortunately. We finished up the mock. You can see the board on your screen right now. Um, I'm going to take the question out of the way so my face covers less of the board. To those that joined us here live, thank you guys. Hit that thumbs up. It really does matter. Drop us into the algorithm uh, and subscribe. We're going to be doing as many of these as humanly possible between now and October 24th. Uh, we got a regular show coming up later today. We're going to break down, I think I was going to do the rest of the third or just sort of like rehash the third. I forget now. I got to go back to my sheet. I don't know where the hell I wrote it down. It's someplace. I am at Dan Baspers on Twitter. Uh, I'll throw that bigger on the screen as well. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Hope to see you guys over on social. And I'll uh, see you for our next show coming up a little later today. So long for now.